financial needs of a business go beyond tax and attest services. That's why CTBK goes beyond accounting services and offers outsourced solutions through their affiliation with CFO Solutions Plus. These additional services allow clients to focus on their operational and long-term strategic goals. Trust CTBK's outsourced solutions to provide cost-effective, value-added financial services tailored to your company's needs. Call CTBK at 716-630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400. Or go to ctbk.com to learn more about CTBK's outsourced solutions. Welcome to another edition of Tim Graham and Friends, brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and Business Consultants. I'm Tim Graham of The Athletic, here with Jonah Bronstein of the New Bronstein Times. And uh, later on in the podcast, uh, we are going to have University at Buffalo basketball legend. I think even though he's only been gone a few years, I think you can call him a legend when he is the leading scorer for a team that went uh, two straight years to the NCAA tournament. CJ Massenberg is going to join us and he's going to talk to us about the basketball tournament as Blue Collar U, a team of mostly UB alums, uh, makes it to the quarterfinals uh, of this uh, million-dollar tournament. Pretty cool. Uh, a year after they've reached the semifinals in the first year, in fact, uh, was just last year. They reached the semifinals. They come back again this year. So uh, all time, Blue Collar U is 7-1 and one in this tournament, which features – a slew of players of varying experiences, including the G League and the – well, I don't even want to start with the G League. There's NBA players on their, on their team, former NBA players on the team that they're playing on Friday night. Um, guys from Villanova and Kentucky and uh, Clemson and Pitt and UConn. And, I mean, that's on the other team. Um, so, cool stuff, I think. Uh, for UB to be making it this far again. That game's going to be on ESPN Friday night at 7 o'clock. But, Jonah, I I just want to bring up, because I was jotting down the notes, uh, the basketball tournament, as it's called, sometimes it calls itself the tournament, uh, but the uh, abbreviation is TBT. Now, TBT around Western New York took on a really uh, quite – quite a uh, heavy and oft-repeated significance around here because Josh Allen said he was excited for TBT, turkey burger time. I had the turkey burger on Monday. Uh, It was served up to the media. I will say this. Um, we, We had our choice of turkey burgers and tacos. Everybody, of course, tried the turkey burger. Um, which has been written about by the Buffalo News. TV stations have done deep dives. They, they've interviewed the chef at St. John Fisher University to talk to him about the secrets of this turkey burger. The consensus, maybe it was unanimous. I didn't talk to everybody, but we were talking amongst ourselves in the cafeteria there at St. John Fisher. Uh, thought it was okay. And I don't know that anybody went up for a second one pretty much anybody who went up for seconds got tacos. So I just want to, I just want to throw out this idea. I'm sorry. I've been talking for a long time here, Jonah, but I'm, I want to play this all out because I know how you are. You're going to have an opinion on this and you're, I'm your wheels are spinning too. And you're going to, you're going to have things to say. 
everybody goes ape shit pretty much over anything that comes out of Josh Allen's mouth or any of the stars. Or on goes the into Josh Allen's mouth now. Right. The turkey burger. Um, it's really kind of silly. Um, and I get it. It's a stacked team with not a lot of position battles to talk about. Um, a turkey burger is probably going to get you some clicks. Uh, it's going to get people to check it out. Ha ha, turkey burger, it's fun. Didn't you hear what Josh Allen said? Really not that funny to me. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, it's just a turkey burger and a, a mediocre turkey burger. I wonder if this is all a shtick where Josh Allen says, all right, I'm going to go out there and at this press conference, I am going to say the most insignificant, I'm going to praise or bring up the most insignificant, benign, piddly little thing. And I'm going to see if I can get people to go freaking bananas over it. And I think he's got a pretty high batting average over a turkey burger, which my, my official review is the turkey burger itself was pretty good. The bun was a chalky rock. Uh, and we were told that these are the, this is exactly how the players eat them or get them served. You had your, you know, there was some mayo and a, and a lettuce and tomato component to it. Uh, I, I think Josh Allen's just screwing with us. Let's say I don't think that because I did think I saw, and they were probably asked, but I think I saw Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde and maybe a few other players mentioned that they like the turkey burgers. And I don't know how many, how often you eat turkey burgers or how much of a turkey burger aficionado you are, but there's a wide variety in quality. You can have a turkey burger that's really dry and difficult to eat. And you can and if you find a really good turkey burger because it's purportedly healthy. I don't know if I agree with that, but some people will think it's healthy and leaner. And a good turkey burger that gives you the same satisfaction as a hamburger, those are hard to find. So I, I, I believe Josh Allen's being genuine in that he likes eating the turkey burgers. I was, as you mentioned, I mean, it's kind of a common refrain on this podcast, but it was kind of wild how big of a media story it became that Josh Allen likes turkey burgers. And I understand that, you know, the Bills are an, an excellent team and Josh Allen's the best and most important player on the team. But I long for the days when that was maybe like a note at the end of a notebook or one of 10 tiny little blog items that you it was the some some outlets slash journalists made that the most significant part of day one of training camp. Because it was unusual and Josh Allen's adorable. And look at what he said about the turkey burger. Isn't that great? Our F Matt Beauvais did a whole feature special where he interviewed. the. He sure did. Uh, just went, you know, full coverage on the turkey burgers. And to get back to your initial point, I don't think it should be called Turkey Burger Tuesday because there's already tacos. No, it's Tuesday. it's tur- no, it's tr- a TBT. It's Turkey Burger time. Oh, okay. Well, still, so, which could be seven days a week. Yeah, TBT is you know Throwback Thursday. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. There's already yes. several. Like if you use that the basketball Twitter, tournament. Like if Josh Allen was trying to start TBT as a Turkey Burger time hashtag on Twitter, it wouldn't work. There's too many other TBTs, so he's gonna have to figure out something else if he wants to get in the turkey burger promoting business. And I, I hope that I never have to hear about it again. I hope there was a moment in time, a first day of camp story when there wasn't much else to talk about. And this is just not a thing. Like, I hope that's not on the year ending yearbook video, although I'm afraid it will be. I think we're going to see a lot of turkey burger memes as time goes along, especially when they go back to camp next year. 
Like they're probably going to have to sell those turkey burgers now to the fans. People are going to want to eat them. Right. Uh, if they were to do those at Highmark Stadium, I'm sure they'd sell out. You could probably even charge a premium. Um, and I don't think Josh Allen did this on purpose, but I think he will now lean into it. And if there's a turkey burger brand that wants to use his name, image, and likeness, I think he could become the turkey burger quarterback, the, tur- the TBQB. <laughs> I just find, I mean, I, I knew it was going to be a story. I've, it's not a story for me. Uh, of course, I work for the outlet, uh, The Athletic, which uh, did the infamous story about the, the hot dogs in the Montreal Canadiens press box, which is often uh, ridiculed as uh, over the top or, or not over, you know, just like silly journalism. Uh, but as soon as it w- I saw it, I said, this is going to be a thing. Uh, and it's the same reaction. It's the reason fans go to the airport. And it's like it, everybody's got the, there's a, and it's positive. I mean, this is, there's no negativity to it. I'm just bemused. I guess I'm amused by it. Um, I think it's a strange obsession with every little, every little thing. Right. Yeah. You know, Josh Allen said, I like cinnamon gum more than mint gum. How many bills fans would change their gum preferences simply based on that or get, you know, worked up about that. I do want to ask you though, because you said Turkey burger maybe wasn't as great as it was advertised, but you seemed to enjoy the turkey burger. It was edible. You, you finished it. You didn't like the bun. I mean, compared to anything you ate in the Bills press box last year, is that how high up the list is that turkey burger? Did you oh. have anything that was better than that turkey burger? Oh, well, the Bills press box food, uh, and again, they over the years, historically, the Bills press box has been one of the better press box uh, meals in the NFL. Uh, and they, yeah. there is no shortage of food either. They will not go hungry. Used uh, to be but a quality meal at the Bills. Press but box. quality shifted because of COVID, because it, we're not doing the buffet style where you stand in line and you scoop out the food that was maybe just freshly prepared. You got the boxed stuff now that was made probably before the game, and it's been sitting there a little bit. So, I. Yeah, it, it hasn't been great uh, since the pandemic. And I'll share this, and most Bills fans will probably not care about this, but when we're waiting for Bill Belichick and Mac Jones or whoever we we're waiting to speak to after the Bills playoff game, some of the Patriots media was griping about the food, said it was the worst press box meal they had had in the NFL all season long. And there was a loud just agreement from everybody on the beat, every Patriots fan, when they got to think about these questions, they're asking the season's ending, Belichick's going to come in and you got to figure out, and they're all just like, yes, the food, it was the worst. So, right. Well, because they know no matter what question they ask, it's just going to get grunted at. So uh, there's no point even trying to formulate a question. I think everybody was just so hungry or their stomach wasn't knots that they couldn't even think about anything else because the meal was as disappointing as it was. And I don't really, I thought, you know, hey, this is how it is with COVID. When I heard them saying that it was better elsewhere and you travel to some of these stadiums, it, it kind of made me realize that we really had to stomach some awful dishes in the press box last year. And don't, you don't have to feel sorry for us poor writers. You, I mean, by the end of the year, I just stopped eating there and, and I was fine right. with that. But it was rough. It was a rough season in that regard. Yeah, I used to go to the concession stands. I used to pay rather than eat the free food at the Sabres games uh, back in the day when I covered them. I would go down to the 300 level and and uh, get a chicken sandwich and, a, and fries and whatever, and rather than eat whatever. Cause I, and I don't really recall what it was. I just did. It, it wouldn't. Or the you pregame meal. You don't have to feed us. You don't have to feed us well, and you really right. don't even have to feed us. It's a nice thing when you're there for a long time to have a meal, 
you know, they're at least available. But you don't also, you, you can't poison us. So if, <laughs> if the food isn't going to be edible and like tolerable, then you don't have to feed it. Or give us, I, I, and I also don't mind paying. I mean, I don't need the free food at all. And, and in fact, I, I don't think that the, sa- the Sabres charge, right? Sabres I charge think for a good meal that, that I usually get. Yeah, and I, I ate there a couple of times this past year. It was good. Uh, and you pay. Uh, so, no, I'm not looking for a free lunch. Um, but I need access to food. Uh, and so the Bills game, especially when the weather turns, to have to leave the press box, you have to go outside and you have to, like, go into the stadium and there's no way that you're going to be able to go do that and get back and, and be able to cover, you know, you're going to miss a big chunk of the game or whatever. And it's, it's just difficult. And if they're going to continue to savor the same quality of food that we ate the last year, and I wasn't there, it was probably just about the year before, they're going to need more than three toilets. That's just not enough. <laughs> In the new stadium, at least. Yes. Um, they do well on the snacks. If you're a snacker, I mean, if you don't need a meal, they get the there's candy and the chips and all that type of stuff. Um, but they have scaled Not back. The candy, they used right? to have the waffle maker. I think they had to get rid of anything that was community based, like in terms of you. We had it was an it was a like it blew everybody's minds for a couple of years. They had this waffle maker uh, that you could make your own waffles and you'd wait your turn and you'd pour the batter into the thing and um, that was cool. But I think anybody that they don't want anybody using the same uh, machine. So they, they, they got rid of all that stuff. It was tremendous. And they took that away several years ago. And hopefully that could come back someday in the utopian future at the new stadium. I am doing, I, I must admit, so I'm being hypocritical. This conversation is one of my least all-time favorite conversations among journalists. <laughs> uh, this and, and, yeah. uh, and bitching about uh, travel. Uh, because nobody, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, right. I guess I don't, well, I wouldn't care to hear anybody else talk about it, but I remember sometimes Jason. But this was Turkey Burger Tuesday or Turkey turkey Burger time brought this up. Let's just say that Jonah and I did not say we were going to talk about press box food. Our friend, our mutual F, Jay Skursky, would tweet out the press box menu sometimes in the morning and it would get a huge response when it was good and people were like kind of jealous. And I don't, you know, we shouldn't have a meal that's so good that makes everybody jealous. But it was also like that tells you how quality the meal was at at certain points in time. The oatmeal that they haven't had in years, but they had an oatmeal years ago that was as good as better than any oatmeal I've ever had. I agree. I like that oatmeal. I was a big I used to look forward to the breakfasts. Um, you know, I would uh, I would not eat um, when I got up on, on game day, because I knew I was going to have, uh, I was going to have, have a good time there in the, in the press box. Um, Jonah, uh, I've only been out to uh, Bill's training camp a couple of times. I, I don't really have a lot of thoughts. I know that there are a lot of folks that may be tuning into this podcast thinking, let's hear what Jonah and Tim have to say about the first uh, handful of Bill's practices. Um, really it's, it, it's tough. It's tough to come up with an opinion and, and we're watching uh, passes uh, against air. Uh, there's no contact. There's no pass rush. Um, there's uh, three quarter speed. There's uh, one on one. There's seven on seven. Uh, there's, you know, it's just, yeah. I mean, you could take a look at a guy and say, wow, he's bigger than I thought, or wow, he's faster than I thought. But really, I don't, uh, I'm just not big into uh, giving my observations. And again, that's not a knock on anybody else who does it, it's a knock on me 
really not knowing what I've, I've seen so far. I, I need, I need a little more time and, you know, guys like Joe Biscaglia and, and Matt Perino and, uh, and, and the folks over at the Buffalo news, they do, they do the observations and Mark on, of course, is great at those. Um, but I, when I'm at practice and I, I could do those, um, but Joe Biscaglia does them for the athletic. And I used to do those back when I worked at the Buffalo news, but when I'm at practice, I'm like working on features and things like that. So I'm not glued to how, how the punt competition's going or who's getting exactly how many first team reps, because I'm talking to a source that I need to, uh, on the stadium or uh, there's a big f- profile I'm doing on, on somebody and I need to, to get that information. So I, I'm not just not that guy until I can get a lot more observations under my belt. Mini camp, you were inside hiding from the sun and I don't think you saw anything. I was watching. I was just watching from shade. I was uh, I, I have a sun aversion, which, you know, we've discussed it. Uh, we, we are in agreement that uh, sunblock is a waste of time. Uh, so rather than tempt fate, I just don't put the sunblock on and I look for a patch of shade and the bills were practicing at what 1130 or whatever. There's no shade. Yeah. I think I got to stand inside, watch through the door. Temperature factor there too. Oh, it was a little warm. A little warm. Um, is there anything else we need to talk about before we get to CJ Massenburg, Jonah? I mean, not really. I just, maybe I'd make a quick comment. I've covered all of these TBT games that, uh, blue collar you played in last year the first three in Syracuse this past weekend and I'm heading down to Dayton to cover it again and you know it's a fun tournament to cover if you're a hoops junkie like myself and I think people do catch it on it's on ESPN and you really can't get better exposure as a sports league or a sports event than that but if you haven't tuned in yet it's high level basketball um you're going to see some names that are familiar on these alumni teams and other players. Jimmer Fredette's out of the tournament, but a player like that was on a team that lost yesterday. And it's, it's, it's good basketball. If you like basketball, it's good storylines. If you get into some of the motivations behind the teams or the reunion aspect of these alumni teams, like the Buffalo team, um, there's plans in you know, the balls in motion to bring this event to Buffalo in a future year. I think it's going to happen. If not next year, it'll happen at some point in the future. And I think that could be a really cool event with this Buffalo team and a Bonaventure team and maybe some other locally based teams or some other teams that would draw here with certain types of players, you know, players from Buffalo, Jordan War, guys like that could sponsor teams. And so, you know, not to, I'm not, I sound like I'm on the PR staff for the tournament, but I think it's, it's a fun event to have in the middle of the summer when not a lot of their sports are playing. And, you know, if you get to the NFL and the story of the day is who ate Turkey for lunch, you know, right. real games with real stakes and some fun aspects that way the game is played, the Elam ending that make it a, an interesting television product for a couple of weeks in the summer. The real TBT. We're going to talk about that when we come back here on the Tim Graham and friends podcast brought to you by CTBK CPAs and business consultants. CTBK is more than just a full-service accounting firm. They are one team with an innovative approach to accounting and rise to each new challenge with collaborative problem-solving skills. CTBK goes above and beyond by lending helping hands in the Buffalo and Niagara community through volunteer work and donations and has partnered up with Victory Sports for 2020 and 2021 to keep kids in the community active. 
professionals at CTBK are determined to help individuals and businesses succeed. Whether a large corporation, a small business, or somewhere in between, call CTBK at 716-630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400, and see what CTBK's one-team approach can do for you. And we are joined by one of the greatest athletes in university at Buffalo history, regardless of sport. Uh, he has uh, taken on a starring role, even uh, now that he's no longer playing with the Bulls. Uh, he has been uh, a driving force uh, for Blue Collar U in the basketball tournament that has been airing on ESPN. And Blue Collar U uh, will be going up against Heartfire in the quarterfinals Friday night on ESPN. That's the main ESPN network. This uh, tournament is no joke. Winner gets a million dollars. CJ Massenberg, thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Good to be a part of it. Uh, CJ, I know that a lot of people want to make the comparison of uh, the basketball tournament to the NCAA tournament because it's a one and done situation. There's a lot of drama. And of course, you know, it's a little different. You, you didn't grow up dreaming of playing in the basketball <laughs> tournament. You grew up dreaming about playing in the NCAA tournament, which you got to do twice uh, for UB. Um how would you describe this tournament in terms of the stakes? Because we're watching it here in the summer. It seems like it's kind of a, a laid back thing in general. You got them playing out at Rucker Park in New York City. You got this cool yeah. vibe going on. Yeah. But you guys are not just – you guys are pumped up after a win. I mean, I can tell that this, this means a lot to you guys. Yeah, definitely, man. The stakes are high. Like you said, single elimination, that's always, you know, an exciting time. You know, uh, even in the NBA, like a lot of a lot of people tune in to the playoffs, especially game seven, because people love to watch um, a single elimination game and how hungry each team is to win. And it's do or die. Uh, the stakes are high in this tournament. You got to enjoy every every win because of how difficult it is to win any basketball game at any level. So uh, just to be out here doing it with my brothers and uh, all of the uh, UB alumni and, and the additions is special. Um, but, no, nah, this tournament is very fun, man. It, um, everybody want to win that million dollars. Everybody got situations, people that want to help out. Um, so, uh, and also the bragging rights, you know, to say that you won the tournament out of, I think, 64 teams. Like, you, you was the last one standing. Like, that's an amazing feeling, and you know, uh, to do it with the guys that you went to college with and, it's, it's really special. I really enjoy this time being at TBT. I know Jonah hates this uh, phrase. It is uh, just for the sake because people have a hard time thinking, what is a semifinal? What is a quarterfinal? This would be the Elite Eight uh, that you're in. Jonah, yeah. ha Jonah hates using Elite Eight for anything other than NCAA tournament, but you're down yeah. to the Elite Eight. Uh, after making the Final Four last year uh, mm -hmm. as a first-time entry, what has been – the key to your success because this tournament's been around for a few years. You guys assemble last year, make a deep run. Yeah. Uh, and you're now here in, uh, in the quarterfinals, getting ready to take another shot. Oh, uh, I would, I would say first, just the talent that we have um, coming out of uh, UB, you know, some mid major school, but we had a lot of talented guys come through. And I'll say the biggest advantage that we have is the camaraderie that we have as a team um, we all play together. We play unselfish. We move the ball. That's the kind of basketball we played at Buffalo. And as soon as we got here to Blue Collar U, everybody just walked right into that same world that they had at, um, at UB. And that formula 
was successful there and is successful here. So, um, but yeah, I would say the experience that we had last year making it to the Final Four, um, we came in confident. We, we knew what we could do. Um, it's exciting to make it to Dayton, but we kind of would have been disappointed if we didn't make it, you know, considering what we, the expectations that we have for ourselves. Uh, but now nah, we're here now, man. Elite Eight. I, li I like the verbiage. Uh, it's, it sounds cool. Elite Eight is nice. Uh, but, man, three more games and, man, we can make history. So I'm excited. This, this tournament is really fun. CJ, how would you rate the level of competition, the quality of players in this tournament, and especially down to the final eight in the mm -hmm. tournament, the final eight teams, having played this past year in France and two years in the G League and the NBA Summer League? Um, you know, how, how would you talk about the players that you're competing with and against in this tournament? Yeah, this tournament has a lot of good players. Um, from being overseas, it's really just, you know, the, the guys from over there uh, back here together uh, with their alumni teams or whichever team they choose to play for. So the competition is great. Um, the games get harder and harder the more you win, just like with any tournament. Um, but this, this Elite Eight got some nice squads, too. And it's a lot of nice squads that have been kicked out already, been knocked out. Uh, a lot of number one seeds. Um, this Elon Mending, it's a, <laughs> it's, it, it, it turns into an all-out war out there. The competition is, is nice. And I, and I think it's a good idea. Whoever, like, came up with this tournament, props to them. Four years ago or three years ago, whenever, when your career ended at UB, in, how much did you envision – how could you have envisioned being able to be back together with your teammates and even some players that you didn't play with in college and representing Buffalo again, uh, the way you guys are these past two summers? That's the thing. Like once you, once you graduate from college, like it's such a bittersweet moment because yes, you're taking the next step in life. Yes. You're furthering your career, but you think like you won't ever play with these guys again. I didn't think that I would play with Nick Perkins, Devontae Jordan, Dante Carruthers. I didn't think that I was going to play with those guys again. And when Coach B uh, hit our line and said, hey, what do you guys think about the TBT team? We was all for it because we we just love to play together. So uh, so just it's, it's really an unreal feeling. Like, whether we win it, win it all or not, like, uh, we create memories for a lifetime, and, and you really can't beat that. And, and if we win, that'll just be the icing on the cake. So – Nah. If you do win with your um, share of the money, how much of that's going to go towards diapers? <laughs> oh, I think he's good on the diapers. We had a baby shower, and they sent a truckload of diapers, so he's good right now. You're not good uh, on diapers, man. You're never <laughs> good on diapers. You think you're good on diapers. Yeah, that truck, yeah. that truck's going to get empty real quick. <laughs> yeah, I see. Uh, I'm a first-time father, so I got a lot to learn. But um, – yeah, I, I would say a, a little portion would go towards diapers, but uh, I definitely want to uh, get him a little stock portfolio going. Uh, so I think most of that money would go to that. CJ, I think there are a lot of people, and myself included, I, I I've taken a passing interest in uh, the basketball tournament uh, over – uh, well, they call themselves, you know, they do TBT, you know, the basketball tournament. Then they call themselves the tournament. So it's got a little, maybe a little bit of a branding issue. But um, yeah. anyways, uh, aside from the UB team, I, I've kind of take a passing interest in it. But there's some really cool things about this tournament 
Uh, of course, uh, there's kind of a blending of the international rules and the NBA slash NCAA rules. They have the Elam ending, which is cool, where there's a targeted um, uh, score. Uh, so that way you don't have teams stalling out uh, in, 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 in uh, boring uh, last you know, half, uh, five or six minutes of the game. Um, is there anything about the game that was particularly fascinating for you to learn or to get used to? Um, both that you've liked or disliked? Um, no, nah, because being, in, being, being that I played in Europe last year, so the FIBA rules I'm pretty much used to, um, I'm still getting accustomed to knocking the ball off of the, off of the rim after it touched. Uh, I haven't got one of those in the game yet. I do want to get one of those. But, uh, no, nah, I, I would say the rules I, I really didn't have to adjust to. Um, the Elon ending is cool. Um, it's exciting. I think it's a great part of this tournament. Um, maybe I should think about a four-point shot. Maybe that would be changing up the basketball game a little bit too much. I know Ice Cube does it in the big three, but I don't know. It's just something to consider. But, no, nah, I, didn't, I didn't have to adjust to the rules. Um, I'm just out there having fun playing basketball. I think a lot of people also uh, assume that these teams, because if you're following Bayheim's army or uh, blue collar, you, that these are teams that are assembled just because they're alumni, but that's not necessarily the case. And you have an interesting mm -hmm. opponent uh, coming up on Friday, seven o'clock on ESPN, uh, Heartfire, mm -hmm. um, which uh, represents Heartfire missions, which is a Christian humanitarian and medical outreach group. And they've just kind of assembled players. You can just kind of build your team if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they have NBA talent on this team. I mean, they yeah, have yeah. blue chip prospect, you know, the guys out of Kentucky and UConn and, and uh, where am I thinking? Uh, I don't know. Some other big ones. Um, yeah. Coached by Lafonso Ellis. Right. Co coached by, yeah, the, the former NBA star and, and Notre Dame star uh, Lafonso Ellis. What's that like when you don't, when you, when you have such a mishmash of teams you're going up against? I guess maybe it's reminiscent of, of probably AAU ball, where you yeah. don't know what you're <laughs> going to get in the draw, what style of play or where these guys are even from. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that's the thing about this tournament. It's like a, it's like a mixture of it all. You have some alumni teams, um, some some guys that because like even our team we have a couple guys that didn't go to UB we got Antoine Lillard um, who showed flashes of of what he can do uh, he went to Bowling Green one of our rival schools you know but he's the cousin of um, Montel McCray so uh, he came in fit, and fit right in you know Ed, Edric Dennis uh, which is my friend he went to TCU uh, yeah it's kind of like AAU ball but you the thing is. Um, the most dangerous teams, in my opinion, are the ones who have that togetherness. You know, you can you can put together a team full of you know just elite level talent, elite level talent. But if they don't have that chemistry, if they don't have that togetherness, um, it can it can hurt them in the end. But yeah, but you still got to be careful because they are putting together a group full of elite guys. So yeah. there's alumni teams in this tournament that might only have five or six players from the school they represent, or don't have all of the big name players that you might expect to see when you turn on the TV and see some of these teams. How were you and your group able to get really, uh, it seems like every player that you wanted to have on this team uh, has said yes, both the past two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And that just shows that um, how much we truly care about, you know, the, the, the family and the, and the pride that we built at UB. 
Um, I'm pretty sure that guys got offers to, you know, play for other teams. Um, but we all wanted to stay together, uh, no matter it, – it's bigger than that, you know. We all just wanted to stay together and play for each other because we know – this is the most fun <laughs> that we're going to have playing basketball, like, you know. We all go to our respective teams, play a role. You know, some people might not like their situation. We might be in a foreign country or something like that. But this is true, genuine fun. And I think if you watch us play, you can genuinely see how much fun we're having. Now, it doesn't say – it says blue collar you on the front of your jersey. And it doesn't say mm -hmm. Buffalo, but it represents Buffalo. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about what's on the back of your jersey and your teammates' jerseys and, and mm -hmm. what that represents to you guys. Yeah, yeah. So on the back of our jerseys, we want to honor uh, the victims of the top smash shooting this year. Uh, that whole situation was just a tragedy, and and our hearts are out to the families and the community, of the whole the whole city of Buffalo. Because um, I, I was in the city this summer, not when it happened, but um, I've been in the city since it happened, and you can just tell, like you know, the the the, the community is grieving. Um, and it, their hearts are just really heavy. Uh, so we wanted to honor them, and we plan for some for it's bigger than us. So we're going to give it our all, and um, and, and honor them the right way. And I think a lot of teams in this tournament have a organization or you know a charity or things like that. And I don't want to get too sentimental about it because when you're playing any game, when you're a competitor, as you are, you wouldn't get to where you are if you weren't an ultra competitor. There's an inner pride. There's all kinds of reasons. There's no shortage of inspiration within your life to get you where you are. Right. Uh, but how different is it when there is this, like you, to use your phrase, something that's bigger than you mm -hmm. on the line. And does that, how does, how does that change maybe the, the, the feel going into this game versus any other game you may have played? Um, yeah, I would say that this is, 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 is magnified um, a lot more. Um, yes, like you said, you have your own personal uh, motivators and the things that inspire you. But um, just because it's just so fresh and, and just, just representing the community, because like things like this, I've never, I've never really seen and, you know, been a part of, been a part of that city. Uh, so I would say that this is bigger than your, your, regular daily inspirations. Uh, but the reminder is right there on the back of the jerseys. You, if you watch any highlight tape of us this year, if you look at the back, you'll see Pearl names like Pearl Young. Like that, that stuff means a lot. So we're going to just keep going out there and giving it our all. Anytime we get tired, you know, still try to keep pushing through, you know, for that. What's the scouting report like for Friday? And, uh, well, I guess let me ask you the question this way. Uh, so for those who don't know, uh, if you haven't been following closely along, Blue Collar U is kind of a blend of Alabama's uh, coaching staff and UB coaching staff, and there's a lot of support. And I saw from Jonah's article, because he covered your your last victory uh, there in central New York, that uh, Jim Weitzel was there and Felicia Leggett Jack was there. And you had, uh, again, this family mentality or this family uh, vibe going on. What's it like to be working with uh, this blend of coaching staffs? And they're young on top of it. You're probably more experienced as players than they are at running. a. I mean, they've been coaches for a long time, but these guys aren't used to being head coaches and putting together game plans that uh, on, on three days notice like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
just credit to them. Um, it doesn't really feel like a, a mix or a blend of the coaches because at my time at UB, uh, this the guys that are coaching us now was all there. So um, it kind of feel like those old UB days. But uh, the guys who we do have, you know, uh, Adam Bowman, Brian Hodgson, they did a lot of the um, the video and scouting. Um, so the only thing we're missing is Coach Oates. Uh, so it, it feels like the old days. Those guys are doing a great job with um, breaking down the film, breaking down the players, giving us a great game plan, drawing up plays. They, they're doing an awesome job. You got one of my high school teammates on the bench, at the end of the bench, Adam March. He's a UB basketball booster and a sponsor for this team. What have you learned about his basketball passion and knowledge and kind of what's his role in this team in this uh, two weeks you got here? Yeah, Adam, Adam, Adam for us is like a common presence. Uh, he's always cool, calm, and collected. Uh, <laughs> uh, anytime you talk to him, he always asks us, do we need anything? Um, he gets fired up on the bench um, when, we, when we're going on runs and stuff. He has his sons and his son's friends around us um, to keep us kind of grounded. Those, those, those kids are uh, really good kids, and it's, it's a very humbling experience to be around them and how they look up to us. Every, after each game, they're asking us for autographs and stuff. So Adam, Adam is huge. Um, I really appreciate him for his, his contributions to the Blue Collar U um, program and and we look forward to hanging out with him every year. You spoke about this a little bit last summer, and I did some reporting. What do you think about the potential of playing the TBT in Buffalo, and what would it mean to you and your teammates if that would happen next summer or one of these summers? That would be awesome. I would love to have the TBT to be in Buffalo. I think the, the city, the fans, they all get behind it. I'm kind of jealous watching teams like – Aftershocks, seeing that crowd just go crazy on every game, seeing um, the, the the Dayton team, seeing their fans having having home court advantage. I want to play in front of the UB crowd. I think we should. I think we should get it done. I think we should have the TBT in Buffalo, and we will sell out arenas, and it will be an awesome experience. I think it would be a perfect place to have it because Buffalo shows up for these types of events. I think. I mean, we've never yeah. had. I mean, the TBT is still growing. It's still emerging, but it's a perfect place because Buffalo has this void of sports in the summer. Those Bills and the Big Four basketball team and the, and the Sabres, everything overlaps too much. And then here you come with summer and you've got minor league baseball. I think an event, a sporting event in Buffalo in the summer would draw really well. I mean, we yeah. see it with the Blue Jays coming to town, but I think people, there'd be a curiosity, there'd be an excitement. And there's also this willingness of Buffalo to show up for an event to show like, hey, we are real sports fans. And right, uh, right. this seems like it'd be right in the wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, even before TBT started, a lot of Buffalo fans, they see me around the city. Hey, um, I can't wait for TBT this year. That's the thing. When we, were, we were, when we were at Buffalo winning all those games, winning championships, making NCAA tournament runs, um, the city was behind us. They, they loved us. They didn't want us to graduate. They wanted us to stay there forever and keep playing. <laughs> so if we was to have a TBT game, uh, TBT site in Buffalo, they would definitely show up. They, they love us. Especially if you brought in the Syracuse team if they're in the tournament next year and Bonaventure as a team. And there might even be potentials for other locally based Buffalo, Rochester or somewhere in New York State teams to add to the local interest. It's something 
when we get the NCAA tournament in Buffalo, we never have local teams playing in the NCAA tournament in Buffalo. Right, right. A nice blend of that kind of experience. And Ohio's not that far away, and Ohio seems to have a big representation in the in these tournaments over the years of the various schools. And uh, you know, it's not too far away. That's MAC country. Uh, maybe also a little Big Ten draw. And yeah, that would be that could be a it could be kind of a prestigious little little hub uh, right. together. Right. Definitely. Definitely. And Buffalo has the best weather in the summertime, you know? It's Maybe not this year. You were complaining <laughs> that, it's, that uh, well, you, you know, Dayton's probably a lot less humid than Buffalo these days, but yeah, it's a little yeah. raggedy right now. Yeah. Um, CJ, I wanted to, um, I wanted to ask you what your, your thoughts are on UB's program and where things are going. I know I'm sure you're watching it closely um, and you know, the comings and goings. Um, just the state of, of UB Hoops right now. Yeah, UB Hoops is in good hands. Um, I had a chance to practice with the guys and be around the current team and talk to Coach Weissel. Uh, they're in good hands. They're, the, the work ethic that they're having right now is kind of reminds me of uh, when I first got to UB. Uh, those guys, they have a completely new team. Um, you know, when I first got there, uh, Bobby Hurley was leaving. He took a lot of players with him, took Shannon Evans and, and stuff with him. So um, they have a lot of new guys. They all figuring each other out. But I think Coach Weissel knows the formula, has the recipe, and he's preaching it to those guys. And these guys are humble and, they, and, they, and they're willing to listen. So th- the guys are working hard. Uh, I think it should be a good year for them um, if they, they stay on this track. But, yeah, I think they're good. I guess a follow-up question regarding that. What do you think that Blue Collar U does for UB recruiting? And I know that there's, like we said, there's like an Alabama tone to it, but you guys played for UB. You wear the colors. You're representing, you know, we know what Blue Collars is. It's, you know, it's the school colors. Um, But what do you think it does for UB's image as a place where good basketball players end up? And then here you are, seven and one, your all-time record in this tournament is seven and one, uh, heading back to the the, the quarterfinals. Um, like, what impact can this have? Yeah, I think it helps because um, just from being a guy who was re- uh, recruiting in high school, anytime anytime you're doing your research on the school, you want to see what players have been there and how they turned out. So, just the success we're having at Blue Collar U um, is is you. You, see, you get to see it firsthand, you know. If you, if you look up, oh, Buffalo alumni, uh, you'll see guys like Nick Perkins, C.J. Massenberg, uh, uh, Jeremy Harris, uh, Shannon Evans, a lot of guys who have been there and are having really successful uh, pro careers. And for Blue Collar U to be doing it in the, in the present and seeing the chemistry and seeing the culture that we have at that school, uh, I think that will really attract a lot of recruits. And then uh, it, it helps out their equipment. It's a good reason Jim Weitzel was there. Yeah. No, he, he doesn't. He's, he's got to have some people say, hey, look, I'm the coach now. <laughs> uh, you know, if, you, if yeah. you're interested in UB, I mean, don't go, don't, don't uh, enroll at Alabama if you like right, these right. UB players. Uh, you got to right. go to UB. But Jim Weitzel was also an assistant on this team. I know. I'm being, I just mean, you know, wise guy. Seeing him <laughs> interact with Adam Bauman and Brian Hodgson, and they were former coaches together was kind of neat to see. And it was neat to see Felicia Leggett-Jack and her entire staff, which is mostly former UB assistants, all kind of together. And CJ had his family at the game as well. It was a nice mini reunion in Syracuse. Uh, right. 
Well, CJ, I can't thank you enough for joining us. Uh, is there anything else you want to mention that maybe we didn't ask you about regarding uh, whether it be Friday's game or, or this tournament? Uh, no, just know that uh, Friday's game, we're going to give it all we got. I, I think we have the experience now. We've been here before. You know, we're not jump. I mean, it's happy. we're happy to be winning, but we're not jumping all around the place because we've been here before. So we're going to take that experience into Friday's game and just take it one game at a time. Now, E and J Brandy has given, I think, $10,000 for the best celebration. Do you guys have much plan to try to, you know, do that? Oh, uh, yeah. Andrew Dennis is supposed to be our guy with that, with the celebrations and stuff. So I got to get on him, see what he has up his sleeve. Uh, so then we're going to try to win this 10K. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, that's part of the the tournament too, the tournament lore, and it's something that has been kind of adopted by the NCAA tournament. They get a little yeah. bit more into it, and you know, I, I think that that's probably a cool thing about uh, TBT and the different rules, and it opens people's minds, much like the XFL or the USFL does for football. It's a kind of a let's let's see what this is, let's try it out, and it's, yeah. it seems radical. But when they see people, whether it be the players, the fans, everybody having fun with it, then it's like, well, maybe we want to bring that into into our league or, or into our uh, division. So the NBA right. All Star Game picked up the Elam ending from this tournament, and that wouldn't yeah, yeah, about that. Definitely, yeah. you can't be you can't be afraid to take risks, and I really respect that about TBT. You know, they 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 would take the risk. You know, we're adding new things. Like I appreciate how they got the slingshot. Um, you get a extra thousand dollars if you make the uh, elementary bucket with your pumas on so i appreciate that from tbt keep it up keep being innovative keep making the tournament even better each year seven o'clock uh on friday night that's from dayton ohio and this game is on espn that's the main channel you you think we're talking about something on the fringe no this is not espnu espn3 espn the ocho espn carrier pigeon no, this is ESPN, the main one, yeah. uh, and that's 7 o'clock Friday night. Uh, I know that the guys at Elmo's, uh, because I was there for it, uh, was hanging on every basket uh, on Monday night, and, uh, and then uh, every, there's going to be a big watch party there on Friday. I'll be among it, uh, I think. Uh, if, there's, right. if, there's a, if there's a seat, I don't know. It's, it seems like it's going to be packed, but uh, yeah, yeah. the folks, uh, the folks uh, here are, uh, are watching, and it's it's pretty cool tournament, and I, I can't thank you enough for joining us to talk about it, CJ. No, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank CJ you. Massenberg, one of the all-time greats uh, at the University of Buffalo, and uh, he'll be playing uh, Friday night uh, for Blue Collar U uh, on ESPN, hopefully beyond, uh, as uh, Blue Collar U tries to win the million dollars.